0: in our last episode we talked about how plant-based eating is the compassionate way of eating because uh, for animal ethical reasons and in this episode we're going to talk about the environment and I think you know many of us are concerned about climate change and when we think about you know how to, how to address climate change and environmental degradation pollution this sort of thing we always think about factories and cars where we imagine the factories you know all this smoke and coming out and cars emitting these greenhouse gases but uh, there's more and more studies coming out suggesting that animal agriculture is also a big contributor to environmental degradation and if we adopted a, a more plant-based way of eating it would help with that so that's what we're going to talk about today so Dr. Cho what like how does animal agriculture contribute to Climate change and environmental uh, degradation.
1: Well, the animal agriculture uh, industry it contributes a lot. So, for instance, um, now we know from data, uh, scientific data out there that the livestock supply chains they account for about fourteen point five percent of global uh, anthropogenic greenhouse gas emissions. That's greenhouse gas emissions created by humans. Mm-hmm. So, fourteen point five percent of that is is because of animal agriculture. And the livestock livestock sector, they actually generate more greenhouse gas emissions than driving cars.
0: Hmm,
1: I don't think a lot of people realize that, but that's actually true. So it's not just about uh, driving energy-efficient cars, but cutting down on on eating meat and reducing the animal agriculture will actually help with that, perhaps even more so. When we talk about methane, which is one of the greenhouse gases— 30% of methane emissions actually come from livestock. And uh, this is really important because methane is actually 25, has 25 times the global warming potential than even carbon dioxide. So yes, like you said, a lot of people don't realize how much the animal agriculture industry contributes to greenhouse gas emissions, but it does, and that it's actually a significant amount, not just a very small amount.
0: Yeah, so it's interesting you saying that animal agriculture contributes more greenhouse gas than cars Yeah, historically uh there's been so much focus on vehicles cutting back green you know clean driving policies and this sort of thing and only until recently there's we really didn't talk about the contribution of livestock um but i think things are changing now
1: i think more and more people are realizing that the that how much uh, animal agriculture plays into all this right so, so much so that even uh Pope Francis, uh, one time uh, recently, actually the vegans, a lot of vegans, they lobbied Pope Francis to go vegan because Pope Francis is big on the environment. But um, they're basically saying, you know, if you if you really care about the environment, you should actually go vegan, mm. right? So this is this is becoming more and more widely known.
0: So what exactly about animal agriculture contributes to? environmental degradation
1: so uh, we talked about methane methane gas that's the gas that has a 25 times the global warming potential than even carbon dioxide well much of methane gas is actually created by ruminants so these are like cows and um, animals like that and basically what happens is when they eat they digest them in the in their stomachs and then um, they actually burp they create methane gas and they actually burp it out so literally cows burping is contributing greenhouse gas emissions now nitrous oxide that's another greenhouse gas and that is due to kind of rotting organic material right and so in the with animal uh, agriculture the uh, really the nitric oxide uh, is contributed because of the manure and the slurry pits okay so slurry pits for those who don't know slurry pits are these big pits where where farmers use to kind of just throw all their organic waste right and you can imagine if you have a huge cattle ranch of thousands of cattle how much waste that's producing mm-hmm. or all these hogs right so they create these huge pits and they just dump all the uh the organic waste there and then that the fermentation that's happening within the within that organic matter releases nitric oxide into the uh, into the nitrous oxide into the environment mm-hmm. and that's a that has a greenhouse gas effect Not to mention the deforestation operations, uh, which leads to CO2 released into the atmosphere. So a lot of people, I'm not sure if a lot lot of people realize, but they're clearing so much land, natural rainforest and so forth, just to make way or clear land for animal agriculture. And that process itself releases CO2. And then on top of that, you lose trees, which are really important for our environment.
0: Don't quote me on this, but I think I read in Brazil, where you know, we, we know about the destruction of the Amazon, much of that, I heard, is not for like buildings or you know, urban sprawl or anything like that. It's actually for, to raise more beef because uh, Brazil is a huge producer and exporter of beef.
1: That's correct, yes, yeah. yeah on the other hand, though, um, the vegan diet is, scientifically, when they studied this out, it actually is associated with 45% less land use And 51% less greenhouse gas emissions than uh, other types of diets, particularly heavy animal diets. Um, That kind of makes sense, right? To feed a vegan vegan his vegetables and things like that, you don't need that much land. Mm. But cows and pigs and stuff, they need a lot of land. Right. especially even if you consider the land that's needed to grow food for those animals, right? So you got the grazing, uh, you got the land that's needed for the animals just to live. On top of that, you need all the uh, land to create the grains and stuff to feed these animals, Mm. right? So it's no surprise that that when you switch to plant-based, the of land use that's required to feed you is, is much less than when you eat a lot of meat.
0: Actually, isn't it true that many of our crops, like soybeans, are actually, the mo- most of what we produce goes toward feeding animals and not actually towards, well, at least directly towards feeding humans. I, I think I heard that somewhere.
1: Yes, I believe it's up to 30%, I believe okay of our soy crop is actually used to feed cows so
0: a huge percentage huge percentage No, yeah. so it's not even going towards feeding humans and no you'd probably feed a lot of humans that's a oh lot yeah, of soy yeah exactly but yes. just feeding animals so it's very inefficient basically really really
1: inefficient resource
0: yeah. intensive and inefficient way to produce calories yes and nutrition
1: and lots of greenhouse gas emissions
0: so it doesn't mean that switching to a plant-based diet can actually help.
1: Yes, so they've actually started studying this out and uh, the studies that are coming out are very encouraging. So uh, for instance, from data that we have now, we know that high levels of meat intake is associated with 2.5 times the greenhouse gas emissions compared to vegan diets. That's 2.5 times the greenhouse gas emissions compared to vegan diets according to one study. However, when people switch from a high meat diet to a low meat diet, they reduce their carbon footprint um, by nine 900, nine 920 kilograms of CO2 per year but when you switch to a vegan diet it's actually almost more than 1500 kilograms of CO2 emissions per year reduction mm. so uh, what that means is to just kind of get a use, a use a comparison this means that when two people switch to a vegetarian diet this would equal running a small car for 6000 miles Mm, wow. So yes, studies have to come out that shows that the your carbon footprint is reduced when you switch to plant-based diet. Which, if you think about, it it, it kind of makes sense. Right. Right. It, it makes sense.
0: So what if we use like a better composting methods or cooking methods? So if we like maybe reduce the waste that we produce, like the food waste, for instance, we compost it better. We used more energy efficient cooking methods, like these new energy efficient you know, kitchen appliances and stoves and, you know, that will help reduce the, you know, our energy use. If we did that, would that, wouldn't that still help us? You know, we could still eat the meat, but also, you know, reduce the impact on the
1: environment. Well, that might help reduce the impact, but that's really look at the wrong place because what uh, scientists are now realizing is that up to 60%, even up more than 70% of the greenhouse gas emissions actually is in the earlier parts of the chain so in the production part the killing and the transport part that's where actually most of the greenhouse gas emissions are released so uh if we really want to deal with this it has to be it has to look at those aspects of animal agriculture not just once it gets to the human's home Mm. right try to change try to get more energy efficient appliances and better composting that might help but that's really not going to solve the issue
0: yeah so you know, I think recently a WHO report, the World Health Organization, released a report that suggested we only have 10 years left to reverse climate change. So I'm not sure where they got this number. It seems to me just on face value that, it's, that uh, I, I don't know, it just seems a little bit dramatic. But nevertheless, basically the point is that we don't have much time to reverse climate change. We've done lots of damage to the environment. So this is a pretty urgent matter, isn't it? This The degradation and climate change.
1: Yes, I think it is urgent. And... Yes, I think we have to do something about it Uh, Even recently, the Lancet Commission They released a report And basically Saying pretty much what you're saying And one of the things that they put in there Was that we have to change the human diet Mm. And it has to be Go towards more plant-based eating Mm. And they said that if we did that That we'd actually reduce uh, Greenhouse gas emissions by 80% Mm. Think of that 80% reduction in greenhouse gas emissions So you know, you said that the, that the woohoo report uh, is a little bit dramatic, 10 years left. I think I agree that I might be a little bit overstating the case. But nevertheless, I think everyone can kind of agree that, agree that our, our, our environment is being damaged, right? And so if we individually can all make a choice to reduce the damage and to take care of our common home a little bit better, I think that's always a good thing, and eating plant-based is one of those things.
0: I like how you put that. This is our common home, right? So unless, you know, Tesla finds out, you know, through SpaceX or whatever, find us find a way for us to get into space. Until then we have this is our common home, man. But right now, I mean, I think we could all agree that the destruction of the Amazon at the rate it's happening right now is not a good thing. Just so we could have a burger at McDonald's. It just doesn't Seem like it's the right trade-off. That's
1: right. Yes, I agree.
0: So let's uh bringing this back to lifestyle medicine. You know when we think about maybe somebody with diabetes, right, and they hear that uh, if they go on a whole foods plant-based diet, that it will help them with their diabetes. Uh, but so it's it's going to help them physically, but it's not just that. Right. We we're, we're finding out now that this is actually going to be good for our environment, and it, it will actually it, it can contribute to helping us. Actually, save the planet. So there's a, there's just a bigger reason why whole foods, plant-based eating is such a wonderful way, way to eat. That's
1: right. When people have diseases, it affects you and maybe some of those around you. But when our planet is being destroyed, uh, it's a, it's going to affect all of us. Mm. So I think we individually have reason, good reasons, very compelling reasons to go plant-based. But us collectively as well, we have very good reasons to. Encourage plant-based eating, not legislation like we talked about in the previous episode, but just uh, encouraging each of us to make the choice. That choice. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, like I was talking to a doctor recently, who was, who I think, who put it really nicely. She said that we can't only think about our physical health, but also our planetary health as well. And lifestyle medicine is great for both, especially, uh, particularly plant-based eating. It's great for our personal health, but also the health of our planet, if you will, as well.
1: Yes, I, I I love that planetary health. I think that's something that we should all consider
0: great so in our next episode we're going to talk about how plant-based eating is a way of eating that's compassionate towards those who are hungry we all know that there are many hungry people out there especially children who are living in poverty who do not have enough to eat and uh, plant-based eating um, is a way for us to sort of maximize the amount of food that we have to feed the most people so uh, we hope that you could join us for that it's going to be a fascinating conversation Um, If you haven't done so already, you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, and Stitcher. Uh, You can also catch our episodes on YouTube, on our Facebook page, and on our website, www.pathways2wholeness.ca. So thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, You've been listening to the Lifestyles Medicine podcast. We hope that you'll join us next time. And until then, remember, your lifestyle is medicine.